Baptist Podcast. Today we have a special guest, Pastor David Whitaker, Senior Director of Loving. He'll be speaking from the book of Matthew today. Afterwards, check out our website. We have a bunch of information there about things coming up, including our Christmas service, which will be on Sunday, December 24th at 10 a.m., which is a regular service. But we will be singing all your favorite Christmas songs and probably have some specials as well. Afterwards, we'll have some hot cocoa, refreshments, and stuff like that. So you don't want to miss that. If you haven't been to our church, it's a great time to visit our church. We'd love to have you. Come as you are. We do. Enjoy the podcast and have a great day. This is great. So, gosh, I don't even know what I'm going to say next. I will tell you, I hope that I'm not sparkling. Um, we, were, we were actually, last night, we, we got these, these ornaments a friend gave to us, and I was all excited about putting up these new ornaments. We've had the same ornaments on our Christmas tree for I don't know how long. And uh, so we got these new ornaments from a friend. They're used, but they were cool. And uh, we were hanging them, but I happened to notice there was like sparkles everywhere. And they were all over. Now, I took a shower. I, I wanted you all to be friendly with me today. Uh, but just before we get up here, Denise says, uh, you've got a sparkle in your mustache. So I'm saying, oh, no. It's like I've got sparkles everywhere. Sorry about that. So it's good to be here with you. Um, I count it a great privilege and an opportunity and it's a dream come true, you know, to, to see my little boy. You know, as we get older, they're still our little boys. You know that, right? Isn't that right? Uh, to see what your pastor has done here and what God is doing through him. And to see him push and keep going, even though I can tell you from a personal uh, understanding that he, he's in a lot of pain. He really is, and yet to see him step forward and keep pushing forward is a, is a testimony to me, and uh, I love him. I'm thankful to see that, and so I'm just excited to be with you all. So you know that I'm Pastor Dave's dad, David Whitaker Sr. See, actually, I'm not senior and it's not junior because we don't share the same middle name. Boy, Pastor Dave is thankful for that. Sorry, Dad. I got his middle name, and I said, I'm not going to do that to him. But anyway, and of course, you all know that I'm the, the new loving director, as, as Pastor David said, and, and I have, a, I, I have a, an office in close proximity to his, right over there in the corner. So that's pretty cool, and that's exciting. Well, let me tell you something that you may not know. There's only about 15 people, maybe, in this church that I can, I can identify that even know that this was my home church. Did you know that? Maybe you didn't. It's here where I came to be restored in a time when my faith needed that. Pastor Cargyle was the pastor here. And, uh, and at that time, he was very instrumental in my mentoring. You know, we all need mentors from time to time in our lives, you know? And uh, Pastor Cargyle was a great mentor to me, and he, and he was to all of many of us. Well, that was, God was nourishing me back to spiritual health. That was 1999 to 2003. That was a while ago, hey? 
And in those days, David and his brother were in their young 20s. Uh, Pastor Dave, would you like to go back to that time and age? Not at all. <laughs> well, you know, God showed me, and I remember sharing this with the church as, as I was new at the church and we gathered together. God showed me that I needed to continue, despite the fact that I've not always been the best father. You get that? Okay, I just want you. I'm not here saying, man, I was a great parent and I did all the, the right things. Well, there were, there were good things, but there were some not so good things. And God had to restore me. And in that restoration, God said, well, David, you've got to continue being a good father until the day you draw your last breath. You still have a responsibility beyond raising your kids to be a father to your children and love on them. And, and I took that seriously. Well, you know, at that time, Dave and his brother were not frequent flyers church. And uh, what they did know about ministry was what they heard and saw growing up under their dad. Now, again, that was good, but it, some of it wasn't so good. I think I taught them all. But God in his spirit has matured me, and, and he's matured them too. And it's exciting to see that. Well, I was teaching, some of you know this, I was teaching sociology at Finlandia in those days. I was also the dean of students at Finlandia. And I had an opportunity, I was able to get Dave and John to come and school. And my bigger desire was to get them to attend church. Well, you know, over time, by the grace of God, both boys eventually came here and began to serve the Lord here. And God had bigger plans for both lives that they didn't understand. Well, I want to tell you this morning, you know, I just mentioned a moment ago, God, God answered my prayers. And, uh, and he just gave me my dreams. And I, I, as I said, I'm proud of your pastor, Dave. Everything I imagined him to be and more. One of the things I love about him is passion for hurting people. It's one thing that I've seen in him, and in my opinion, Dave has led the charge to utilize Love, Inc. to its fullest. You know that, 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 that Houghton Baptist Church, and I say this to your praise and to your glory, but also to the glory of the Lord, of course, but, but you guys are everything a partnering church with Love, Inc. should be. You are a model of that. You are an example of that. And that's why, what better place could I start? Uh, to share about Love, Inc. and the ministry there and what God is doing than here at, at Houghton Baptist. You know, there may be some of you or many of you that are here because of Love, Inc. Now, praise God if you are, if you came here through that ministry and, and uh, Love, Inc., partnering with Houghton Baptist, reached out to transform your life and you're here today because of it. Well, Pastor Dave told me that I had 50 minutes um, and uh, that if it went into the lunch hour, he said, that was okay, Dad, just, you know, preach what's on. Uh, I'm lying. No, your pastor doesn't say that. But I don't want to take a long time talking about Love, Inc. this morning, because you all know a lot about that. But I, what I do want to do is share with you the heart of loving in the name of Christ. I want to share about that today. And, you know, this may not be the greatest title. That's my title. You see it on the insert. 
Because I, I don't want you to think a lot about, you know, Love Inc. as an organization and, and we do it better. Uh, we do it so good. We're, you know, we're really great at outreach and, and we, we, you know, we've got these principles and we're going to share with you how to reach out and make a difference in the lives of people. I, I don't want to say that or share that this morning. What I want is the word to be for you and me today. What does God want to say to you? What does God want to say to me this morning? And I know he has something to say to us. Let's bow in prayer and ask God that he bring of his word, shall we? Lord, I just ask you that you would bless this word today and thank you for Houghton Baptist. Thank you, Lord, for that amazing worship this morning. Thank you for those guys on this platform this morning just singing their hearts in praise to you. Oh, Lord, we love you. We thank you, God, for your goodness. Would you speak to our hearts this morning, Lord, and just teach us what you want to teach us. Show us what you want us to see. And we give you thanks in Jesus' name. And God's people said, Amen. Well, you probably all know that Love, Inc. is about getting involved with other churches, like Houghton Baptist. And it's mobilizing to transform the lives of people in the name of Christ. That's what it is. You know, before I knew what Love, Inc. was, I thought Inc., uh, part, part of Love, Inc., was meant incorporated. You know, I thought, wow, that's cool. An incorporation that, that really loves people. That's awesome. And then, then I looked that was much better. Love, Inc., in the name of Christ. Right. So the mission of Love, Inc. is to work together with neighboring churches, meeting the needs of people, in the name of Christ. You realize what that means when you talk about in the name of Christ? In the name of Christ means that when we go out to reach the lives of other people, we're doing it in the name or by the authority of Christ. That's what it is. As we're partnering together, we're missioning together to reach people that are in need in the name or by the authority of Christ. So here's what I love. You know, the going out to reach people with the gospel involves a lot more than just preaching about faith in Christ, right? It does. It often means that we love on people. That we build relationships of trust with them. You realize that we, that by building relationships, we earn the right to share with them about faith in Jesus Christ. And so, so, uh, it, you know, by the way, I'll, I'll tell you, I think it's the only time people really only listen to us. When we tell them about, about things that, that they're concerned about, needs that they have to be met, and, and that we truly love on them, that is when people begin to listen. Well, open your Bibles this morning to Matthew chapter 5. I want to share with you out of that, verses 14 to 15. And I believe it's on the screen for you. And I want to read that to you this morning. You follow as I read. Now, I chose to the NLT, the, the New Living Translation, because it's so much like the New King, New King James Version. You say, well, then why didn't you just read out of the New King James Version? Well, just because I happened to start reading it out of the NLT. So here we go. There was no logic behind it. Verse 14, you are the light of the world, like a city on a hilltop that cannot be hidden. No one lights a lamp and then puts it under a basket. Instead, a lamp is placed on a stand where it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your good deeds shine out for all to see so that everyone will praise your heavenly Father. Mighty passage. 
the heart of loving in the name of Christ comes out of this passage this morning. That's what I want us to look at this morning. So follow me in the words this morning. You know the the very first phrase, you are the light of the world, has to do with two things I want to share with you to see in this passage. Who, who light is and what light does. You with me this morning? Y'all got thinking caps on this morning? We got to think. We're going to have class. All right, so we got to think. All right. So I gave you an outline also you could follow along because who knows where I could take you. I might get you lost if you don't watch that, look at that outline, okay? Two things. Who light is and what light does. Now, borrowing from all the scriptures, from the Word of God, and from this passage here too, we know some things about light. We know that Christ is light. Amen? He's the true light. He's the purest of all things. Uh, he is the, be- and the beauty of light. Um, the scriptures say in John eight twelve says that Jesus is the light of the world. We don't have any problems with that, right? We all know that. Jesus is the light. He's the true light. But here's what I love, and this this is the beauty of all of this. He chose you and me to be receptacles of that light. So you're light. I'm light. If we put our faith and trust in Jesus Christ, we are lights of the world. Did you know that? Wait a minute. I don't hear any amens, Pastor Day. Amen. So I know that. Mm, That's the problem. We know that, but do we know that? Amen? You know, think about this. Jesus is the power. He's the the source, like the electrical source. And when we take and plug into that source, uh, receptacles of his light, the lamp lights up, and we're the light of Jesus. We're lights in the world. That's an exciting thing to me. I want to give you, for those of you, I told you, you have to put your thinking caps on. So I'm going to give you an if-then statement. It's, in college, we had this class on logic. Okay, I don't want to give you a college class this morning. You're thinking, oh my gosh, if-then statements. Where would I ever use those, right? Here we go. If the true light equals Jesus, or Jesus is the true light. Okay, you got that? If the true light is Jesus... If Jesus is in you, then what are you? Light. Get that? Isn't that true? That's logical. It is. If Jesus is the true light, and Jesus is in you, then you are light. That's awesome. So we know who light is. It's Jesus. And it's you and me. Amen. But what, what, what light does? What does light do? You know, I love Jesus, the master illustrator. He used simple illustrations so the people of his time could understand uh, eternal truths. But these are timeless. These aren't just truths that were for Jesus' day. These are truths for us today. They're relevant to you and me. They're relevant to our day. And so in these verses, everyone relates to this. Jesus talks about light in relation to the world. Now, when Jesus says you're the light of the world, what he means is is the cosmos. Our world system. It's the way our culture thinks. By the way, do you know that pop culture today leads and guides society how to think? Oh, yeah. All the stuff we get on the television and we get through the ads and everything else. And the people that we hang with and the world that we're around, they all tell us how to think. 
And sadly, sometimes we, we merge into thinking that way. Education does the same thing. Modern education tells us how we should think, regardless if it's the right way to think or not. Modern education tells us that there are no absolutes. Everything is relative. Modern education says that if it works for you and it feels good for you, do it. You see? The end justifies the means. And that's not the light, is it? That's the cosmos. But Jesus said, you and I are to be a witness to the cosmos. You and I are to be lights to the world, the cosmos. I love this, that Jesus also talks about light in relation to communities. He relates light to the communities we live in. Communities are the heart of America and of our cities and of our countries. Uh, It's the fabric of who we are and what we are, isn't it? You and I think of our lives lived out in communities. I don't know how people survive when they're not part of a community. They're contributing to it. They're working together to accomplish certain goals in the community. Our church is a community, isn't it? You guys love to socialize and do things together. That's community. Community is so important. But I love this. Jesus said this, let your light shine before others. He means those around us that we commune with, the community. Let our light be a shining light to those around us in our community. Amen? And then Jesus also talks about light in relation to close family units. You know, the basis for community is the family unit, isn't it? And then it says, he says, put your lamp on a stand so that it gives light to everyone where? In the house. (laughs) Huh? So listen, Christ's love and his light needs to go to the world, to the community, and to the home. So let's look closer at what light does. Let's get this. Light is to be seen. Does that make sense? Light is to be seen. Three areas that I want to share with you in this passage, if you look at this morning, Jesus illustrated that light's to be seen, and that really is forming the basis of I want to share with you this morning. He says there's a town on a hill, there's a lamp in the house, and good deeds to the herding. You get that? Three things. Aren't those simple? A town on a hill, lamp in a house, good deeds to the herding. Well, how is Christ's love seen? He says a town on the hill. I love this. I love the fact that Jesus sat down with his, his disciples many times on a hillside, and he would want to teach them very clearly what it was that, that he wanted to share with them. And, and some of you may, have any of you been to Israel? Anyone here has been to Israel before? And so some of you may know this probably more than anybody else, but uh, in Judea, along the hills, there's all of these little towns, and they're all lit up. And it's most likely as Jesus was sitting there talking to his disciples, he was pointing to one of those towns to his disciples and said, look at that. Look at that there. You can't miss it. It's unavoidable. You can see it. And many Bible teachers believe that's what Jesus was doing as he shared about this city on a hill or this town on a hill, saying that these towns sit up on a hill. Why was Jesus pointing to towns on a hill? For this reason. You can't miss a town that's all lit up if it's sitting on a hill. It's unavoidable. Lights to be seen like a town on a hill. You know, I love churches that are on a hill like Houghton Baptist. You're a church on a hill. I identify with that. Glad Tidings is a church on a hill. 
I love churches on, on a hill. Hear this church. God intended this church on a hill to light up everyone to see. Amen? When people go by, let them say, look at that. Look how bright that place is. I know people in the community that go there. I know they're bright lights. I know they're, they're doing things in the community and they're loving on people and they're making a difference in the lives of people around. I want to go there. That's a shining light. I'm drawn to that. When Jesus said, you're the light of the world, and then talked about hidden town on the hill, he said that our churches, you and me believers, have to guard how we love the cosmos and how we, listen, live in the cosmos. Amen? The culture, the modern thinking of those who look on our churches. We have to guard what that looks like. We have to make sure that what the world the world is looking in on is what Jesus wants the world to look in on. But foremost, Jesus is telling us, just love them. Just love them. Don't, don't tear them down. Don't criticize. Don't, don't live poorly in front of them. Don't be mean to them. Love them. Love them. And Jesus did the same thing, didn't he? How often did Jesus show the love of God and light through first meeting needs? Amen? He fed the the 5,000 plus women and children, didn't he? He met needs. I love this when God filled the empty bin of flour and the jar of oil for the woman of Zarephath. It never ran dry. God met a need. To show his power and his might. The Lord worked through Tabitha. How many of you remember Tabitha? Mentioned in Acts 9.36. She was always doing good deeds to the, to the poor. And helping the poor. Doing good deeds. And while we don't know a lot about Tabitha. One thing we do know. She used her talent of sewing to make clothes for people who needed it. I don't know. But I think Tabitha must have been the forerunner of Love, Inc. But it's meeting that need. It's loving others. Our verses this morning also talk about light needing to be seen in the close family unit. You know that? He said that we have to be concerned about the lamp in the house. He said, put the lamp on a stand so that others in the house can see. How many of you have ever had rough experiences uh, when a bad storm was coming and the electric was out in your house? Now, I remember growing up with we, the kids and I were growing up. I remember some of those occasions in our house and it was pandemonium. Because everybody's scrambling. And I, I remember I, all I could think of was worrying, but I wasn't worried about the light being. I was worried about the house burning down. Because the kids would run to get matches and a lighter. And, and here they come out of a dark room with a candle. Here, Dad. And I say, come, give me the, give me the stuff. Give me the, give me the matches. Give me the candles. You know, I'm just thinking, ugh. Panicking Dad. But finally the matches were found and the lighters are in hand. Candles are found. The lamps are lit. And now everybody decides what they're going to do. Tell ghost stories, play games, but life is good, right? Sure. That's what the lamp is for. It's to make joyful time in the home. We didn't say, everyone sit and just enjoy the pitch black here. Huh? We'll wait it out. (laughs) No, we don't do that, do we? No, we wanted light. Not because we're afraid of the dark, but because light helps us commune with each other. It helps us minister to one another. We need light 
in the home. Listen, taking time in our households to think about each other, putting down our differences and arguments and irritations and problems, but instead loving each other, praying together, coming close together in family intimacy. Isn't that what it's about? The light in the house overcomes the darkness that we're up against in our homes. Irritations, frustrations, struggles, difficult decisions, battles, strife. Light, the lamp in the house, covers that all over. Isn't that beautiful? You know that love covers a multitude of sins. You know one of the things, the great thing about family, and hopefully we have families like this. Maybe, maybe you have a church family like this, but when you're in trouble, you retreat to the family. Because it's there you can get the love that covers the multitude of sins. Hey, you know, did you all know we're messy people? It's taken me my lifetime to learn that. I'm messy. You are too. Come on. Let's be honest. I can tell the ones that agree with that. You're smiling. The rest are saying, why are you saying I'm messy? I thought I looked pretty good today. No, we are. We're messy. And, and the messiness is the worst in our homes because that's where the real trial of our Christianity, that's the real test of our Christianity is where we live, right where the people know us. That's where we're the most real, you see. Our spouses and our children know what kind of a life we live. We can't cover that up. It's there, you see. I know that all too well. But I do know this. The light of Jesus in the household covers up the darkness. And it gives us light to live by. And it can, it can bring joy in our households. It can bring blessing uh, into our lives. What time do we usually end, Pastor Dave? You, you tell me. All right. All right. I'm not going to go on too much longer. You said, wow, I didn't expect a long sermon. I thought you were just going to give a presentation and out of here. Sorry about that. I'm not sorry that I can share the word with you. I love to do that. Well, finally, he says, let your love shine before others, ministering to those around us in our community. We have to love the cosmos. We have to love in the close family unit. We're a town on a, on a hill. And we're to light up to the world. We're a lamp in the house that lights the family. But listen, we're to be a light to our communities, to everybody else. Everywhere that's around us. Jesus said, we do that by showing good deeds. Good deeds to others in the community. So the last one of the three illustrations that Jesus used to teach light is to be seen is good deeds to the hurting. Good deeds to the hurting. You know, there's not a greater way to brighten the eyes of someone who has little hope than to meet their physical need given from a loving heart. Amen? It's true. But meeting that need has a greater impact when it's you with someone else, person to person. When you personally share your love and your heart and your life with someone, it can literally transform a person when you yourself are involved with a person to show them your love. Let me share with you what I'm trying to talk about. Love, Inc. is just an organization, well, I shouldn't say just, but it's an organization dedicated to the purpose of showing the love of Jesus so that people see his light. But let me share with you this morning, dear hearts, that light is no greater than each individual who's a part of Love, Inc. Showing that love, right? In other words, 
People won't see it in the organization unless they see it in the people of loving. Does that make sense? And in the same way, in the church, the church will only have its impact on the community as it is impacted by individuals in the church body. It's you. It's me. We're the ones that are going to make the difference for the church to have an impact on the world around us. It starts with you. It starts with me. God calls each of us to show his love. Are we showing his love to others and showing his light? I'm going to ask you a question this morning, all right? I'm almost done. Sure. You know what? Your pastor would have, could have told you that if I ever say in conclusion, almost done, that can get scary and dicey. Because then we might go on for nothing. No, I'm just kidding. Let me ask you this this morning. If you decide to claim today and decide to claim it every day, and I hope you do, that you are the light and, and, and you're the light of the word, you're light of the home, you're light of the community, do we tend to think that it's a matter of pride? So instead of using our identity in our jobs and homes to shine light, we fear, we're defensive, we're full of guilt, and we don't show up to be seen by others. See, too often, when I said, I said, you're the light of the world. Ah, I've heard that. No big amens. We can prompt you to say amens. But you're the light of the world. Okay, because somehow we haven't bought it. We don't get it. It hasn't been taken a hold of because somehow we think, well, me, the light of the world, isn't that kind of prideful? No. But if your identity is guilt-ridden and, and you're struggling with your own identity of who you are in Jesus Christ, guess what? You will not accept the reality that you are light this morning and you're likely not to show up in the places where light is needed. Listen to me, dear heart, you're light. And you say, well, my light's not very bright. God will still shine through you. You say, my, my light isn't perfect. It's okay. God will use that, that flickering flashlight. My son Dave knows all the struggle we've had out there with flashlights. <laughs> Good and bad, but God still uses them to, to let us see step by step, moment by moment. God is good, isn't he? I want to close with a valuable point this morning that says, you know, he says we're to let our good works be seen by others. And that's pretty simple. We know that. This is kind of Christianity 101, right? If we're Christians, we want to show good works to people that are around us, don't we? Because that's what Jesus did. We're supposed to do the same thing. Well, you know, when I was directing some other nonprofits like the Care Clinic in Marquette and Pregnancy Choices in Union City, California, we had a lot of discussions about doing good works. Because those organizations are good works-based organizations. In other words, the whole point of those organizations is to help people with needs. Okay? That makes sense? But in our conversations at those ministries, we would say, well, it doesn't seem good that if we just do good works and then we leave it there. What will that accomplish? It won't accomplish a whole lot, but it will accomplish something. You know what it will accomplish? If, for example, Love, Inc., and we go out and we do something, we provide clothes or we provide food or through the partnering churches or the churches do this too, we partner with them uh, for clothes and linens and personal items and, and food, all these different things, and we meet that need and say, 
be warm, be filled. You've got the stuff. All right. And they walk away and say, you guys are awesome. You ever heard that? Pastor, you're awesome. You guys are amazing. All right? But they walk away and there's a problem with that. It's like this, and you probably have done it. You know, here up in the, in the UP, it's most likely that you are going to stop in somebody that needs their, needs their battery jump. And you stop, and, you know, and a lot of you are good people. You do that. Youpers do that. That's one thing I love about the UP. Youpers reach out to people, and they're helpful, and they pull over, and they, they hook the car up, and they get the car running, and take care. And, they go, and, they, and, they, and when you leave, if you do that, they go, boy, you're good. You are awesome. You're wonderful. Is that good? No. What you should be saying is, I did this because Jesus loves me and he loves you too, and I want to do this because of Jesus. And when you do that, guess what? You're giving glory to God, not to yourself. That's where it belongs. But here's the other thing. You're giving glory to other people, and you're saying, here's the one who does this. This is why it's done because of the God who loves, and He loves you. And I'm here just as an agent. I'm a bystander. I'm a messenger. But I'm bringing the love of Jesus to you. Look at it. Here it is. And the light will shine bright through the power of God to those people that you come in contact, and it will literally transform their lives for all eternity. Wow. I'm done. But I have to leave you with a couple thoughts. And then I truly will close. You are light. I'm light. Some of us don't feel like light this morning. I won't ask you to raise your hand. Do you feel like light or not? No, don't, don't do that. Because you, you may not. No, there's just so much going on. And you know what it is? It's as we travel through this world, we get the stuff of the world on us. And it just starts to dim that light. The light's still there. I remember many times driving in the wintertime and, and I'd be going down the road and for some reason, I, even, my, even my brights look dimmed. What's going on? And Denise would say, well, you've probably got all the road dirt on it. We need to stop and clean off the headlamps. So, okay, that sounded like a good idea. I'm not, I'm not the smartest uh, you know, egg in the basket, but, but Denise is. So she stopped. So I stop and clean off the front. And then all of a sudden I got this light. Wow, who knew? You know, it was like brand new light bulbs. It wasn't anything wrong with the light bulb. It was the fact that they were just covered up with the junk from the highway. You and I get too easily covered up. It's easy to do it with the junk of the world around us, and it dims the light. But listen, dear hearts, your light's still there. And Jesus wants to use it. He wants you to say today and decide today, you know what? I am a light. And I'm going to find ways in these next days and weeks to make that light shine bright because there's people all around in the world, maybe even in our home, in our family, and definitely in our community that need to see that light. Amen? You guys are so patient and you're so attentive, and I appreciate that today. I, just, I was praying today that, that more than just sharing with you Love, Inc., which most of you know about, that you would just know why Love, Inc. is, and what the heart of loving in the name of Christ is. It's your heart. It's your light. That's what Love, Inc. is. Love, Inc. is just here to say, hey, here it is. Let's do this in the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. 
at the end of the service, I, if some of you are already volunteering, and by the way, I think you guys got the most volunteers. Can I brag a little bit, Pastor Dave on Houghton? But you guys, I think, have the most volunteers of most of the partnering churches. And it's exciting. We had, a, we had an activity just a little while ago, and like 25 volunteers came out to work at the donation center. And, and we only had two hours. We're only going to do this in two hours because we're not going to lay, put labor on you. We just want you to come and do this. And oh, my goodness. We had so much stuff to do. And I thought, and now, okay, Pastor Dave had a bigger vision. He had more faith than me. Because I said, well, I didn't expect that we'd get all this done. He goes, I did. Does sound like your pastor? Yeah, he's a man of faith. And I couldn't believe it. These guys came out. We had six trucks in a convoy heading two times to the dumps to get rid of stuff that really we didn't need and couldn't use, and nobody else would want it either. But we started to clean up the donation center, and these guys worked so hard. 25, and I think 23 or 24. 23 of them were from Houghton Baptist. So if you want to volunteer or if you've been volunteering, um, we'd like a record that you want to be a volunteer. We have, we have sign-up sheets for you. Believe me, we won't harass you. We won't threaten you. We won't send uh, phone calls your way troubling you. Uh, but we, we keep this on record to know who volunteers are. Because here's what's going to happen. I think in February, we're going to have, I think we're going to do it here, right, Pastor Dave? But we're going to have a volunteer appreciation, and we're going to have a fun day. It's just going to be on Saturday, the first part of the morning. Anybody can do that. Uh, food, fun, um, and we're going to, I want to give ownership to volunteers of the Ministry of Love, Inc. It's going to, it's going to be yours, okay? It's going to be a blast. Sign up. We need to know who you are. Come on up, and I'd be glad to fill out a, a, uh, a sheet for you or let you fill it out. Thank you so much this morning. Let's just close in word of prayer, shall we? Lord, we love you. We give you thanks. We give you praise. We give you honor. We give you glory. And Lord, let us be the light that you've called us to be. You, you've, you've called us to be ministers of light. That's everybody here who knows you as Lord and Savior. If you're the true light and Jesus, you're in us, then we are the light. Lord, help us be those receptacles we need to be in the days and the week ahead. What a, a perfect season when Jesus, you're the reason for that season of Christmas. May we spread joy in the true meaning of Christmas to other people around us. May we tell them why we're full of joy. It's not because of presents. It's not just because of family gatherings. But it's because that you came a long time ago to this earth and you chose to die on a cross for us. You came obedient to live and to die so that men could have love and light and life for all eternity. Thank you, Jesus, for your sacrifice on the cross 2,000 years ago. And I pray this morning, if there's even one here this morning that doesn't know you as Lord and Savior, doesn't really know you as the true light, doesn't really know your love personally, may they say, Jesus, I'm a sinner, and I need you. I need you to come into my heart and manage my life because I make a mess of things. Would you come up and come in and clean up the mess? And turn my life around and make me the kind of person I need to be, Lord Jesus. I want to follow you. And if you're a Christian this morning and you know that Jesus is in your heart, but there's been too much darkness influencing and covering up and dimming the lights, call out to Jesus this morning and say, Jesus, I know you want to make my light shine brighter. Oh, Jesus, be a might and a power in my life today. Let my light shine bright so that others may know you, Jesus.
And we give you thanks and we give you praise, Lord Jesus. And God's people said together, Amen. Hey, thanks for listening to the Houghton Baptist Podcast. We appreciate your support. And speaking of support, there's a lot of different ways you can support Houghton Baptist in addition to the traditional way of giving your tithe or check at church. We have online giving on our website at HoughtonBaptist.org, and we also have text giving. If you're interested in text giving, just dial 906-346-1317 and follow the information from there. Easy peasy. If you're looking for a church or you're just not sure what church is all about, why don't you stop by Houghton Baptist Sunday morning, 10 a.m. Be there. Come as you are. We do. Have a great day.